Hey, Ness. Hey, Em. So today we're going to talk all about probiotics. Do you take a probiotic supplement? So I have in the past. I'm not actually taking a probiotic at this time, though. Oh, interesting. Are you? Well, I was taking one for like women's health a while ago, actually at your recommendation, I think. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But I have it now. But I might want to start because ever since I've been back from Hawaii, my stomach is like pretty wrecked. Yeah, that's it, it's an interesting thing. I was a little more preemptive and like thought to take them while I was on my trip, consuming all the booze and the caffeine and the fried coconut tofu type of situation. But better late than never. I have also been having some issues. I think I got a little bit of food poisoning. And so pro- I don't think probiotics would have helped me very much with that. But <laughs> somehow Craig always escapes this. Like I will be <laughs> the one who gets food poisoning when somehow we eat the same things and I end up like sick for three days and he's like over there. Sometimes Emily knows about this sympathy sick for me, or sometimes just like looking at me sadly and being like, is there anything I can do to help? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll never forget in college when you guys went out and got Chinese food and like we love this Chinese place. I don't even remember the name of it, but and so you guys came home. You didn't feel that well. Craig starts throwing up. You're throwing up. I'm like, Jesus, like my bedroom's like, you know, right. Fire shared bathroom. So we're like really all going through it together. And then, (laughs) you know, Craig feels fine really the next day. And then as the day's gone, you just got like worse and worse. And then it ended up that you had E. coli from apple cider. But why was he sick that night? I'll, I'll always wonder that. Truly sympathy sickness, I think. So, I mean, I was so sick. And Emily can vouch to this. So I was like puking my brains out like on the bathroom floor all night long for days. Like I was like a week like that. And um, Craig <laughs> just kept saying, I just don't feel quite right. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like the absolute worst. And then you and he was like trying to compare it with what was happening with you. And then eventually we're like, dude. She had E. coli. Like, you got out of an exam because of it. It was a real serious problem. And it was from, what was it, Uncle John's Cider Mill? Uncle John's Cider Mill (laughs) in Lansing, Michigan. Well, it's not in Lansing, but it's somewhere around there. And, yes, I got E. coli from there. So this is not a good plug for them. (laughs) I know. Like, not to shit talk John's Cider Mill. like. I mean, apple cider is unpasteurized. This I was thinking about this day and I'm thinking, okay, we need to do a food safety episode because I just feel like there's a lot of nuanced things that people might not know. So if you want us to do a food safety episode, make sure you let us know. Yeah. I really want to do it. Yeah, you know. We'll talk you more t- about E. coli. Yeah. Emily texted me that today and I was like, like, is that something people want to hear about? People do want to hear. I think people do. Oh, how many times? Okay, I'll just drop this little teaser here. Mm-hmm. Expiration dates have nothing to do with food safety. Ooh, she said it in kind of a sexy, whispery <laughs> voice. <laughs> now everyone's dying to hear us talk about it. Yeah. Well, let us know because I, this is up for debate. Okay, let's get after it. Thank you. 
Welcome to Wellness Mist. So today we are talking about probiotics and kind of gut health in general, I guess, but really focusing on probiotics because it's something that's super hot um, and there is a ton of supplements on the market. And I feel like they've started just throwing probiotic on literally everything like hand soaps, uh, cleaners. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that too today. I saw like a random juice and they were like, oh yeah, we put probiotics in here as well. I don't know if they're like breaking a capsule open into it or what the deal is, but yeah, it's kind of everywhere and it's been really trendy for a while at this point. For sure. So before we dive any further into probiotics, I really want to talk about prebiotics first because If anyone is talking to you about probiotics before talking about prebiotics, they're doing you a huge disservice. Prebiotics are a huge, huge piece of the puzzle, and most people aren't talking about them. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Hopefully, people catch up pretty soon, but prebiotics are huge. So what are they? So prebiotics are essentially the food for the probiotics or good bacteria in your gut. So prebiotics are foods that are resistant to digestion. So initially you might be thinking like, I don't want to eat anything that's resisting digestion, but this is actually really good. Since they're able to resist digestion, they can make it all the way to your colon intact. That way the good bacteria or probiotics can feed on them and grow. So again, it's the food for your good bacteria. So prebiotics. You don't need a fancy supplement or anything like that. We have lots of prebiotic food sources, and some of those include Jerusalem artichokes, leeks, garlic, onions, asparagus, shallots. Um, Those are kind of like our classic prebiotics. I think if you're a registered dietitian, you can probably list those off in your sleep. Uh, Emily, do you remember having to remember those for a few exams? Yes, it was like, if you're ever in doubt, the answer is leeks and onions. Truly, though. Truly. Mm-hmm. And since those prebiotics... Unless it's foods... what to, like, not eat with a colostomy bag, then it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't even know if we should leave that wow. in there. But that's just, I this had to is, say that. Because... This is the second week in a row that we've talked about colostomies. Oh, I wow. mentioned it in the chlorophyll episode, too. You know, it doesn't really surprise me. Shout out to everybody with the colostomy bag. Anyway, (laughs) so those are our classic foods. There's also some other foods like oatmeal, seaweed, white potatoes, also great sources of prebiotics. I am so excited that seaweed is a good source of prebiotic because I was just telling Emily this today. I've been obsessed with seaweed lately. Like, I am chomping on it like a crazy person. And Craig is looking at me like, why do you like this so much? Yeah. How do you even chomp on seaweed? Yeah, I guess it's less of a chomp because it kind (laughs) of just, like, dissolves in your mouth-ish. You know, it's so thin and papery. Right. Uh, But it's just so good. I could see you liking that. Yeah, it's really great. So I'm really loving that. And shout out to white potatoes. I've always been team white potato. Like, sweet potatoes are out here trying to be like, look at me. I'm better. I'm great. And guess what? They're not. They're not. They might have a little bit more vitamin A, but they're not better than the white potato. Yeah, that's some serious diet culture talking. 
Ugh, that is the demonizing of white foods. Oh gosh, so that dumb. annoys me so much. I love you, white potatoes. And really fun fact, actually, about white potatoes too. So they create their res- resistant starch from heating them and cooling them. So that process of heating and cooling creates a resistant starch. Fun fact. Not that anyone's going to eat cool potato anyway, I don't think. Um, You might. Potato salad. Yeah, but you're cooking it first and letting it cool down. All right. So I guess I'm saying you're not going to eat it uncooked. So you're always going to heat it and create the resistance. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there are prebiotic supplements as well, but... Again, I would start with food first, and if you are interested in prebiotics, make sure to work with a health practitioner. Some supplements could be things like wheat dextrin, chicory root, and beta-glucans, and those things are going to be in food, but if for some reason you needed a little bit of extra help, you can supplement those kind of things. So Vanessa has told us all about prebiotics, which you now know are the food for probiotics. So probiotics can't exist in the body without these prebiotics. Probiotics are live microorganisms that are intended to have health benefits when consumed or applied to the body. They are a part of the gut microbiome, which has garnered a lot of attention lately in the wellness space. And Vanessa is going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But some sources of probiotics would be fermented foods like kimchi or sauerkraut. I just got a jar of really good fermented leeks last week from my farmer's market. So there's a ton of vegetables available. I've seen like asparagus, peppers, all the good fermented veggies, yogurt, cultured foods, even like, for example, a vegan cheese has certain cultures in it and that's kind of what they use to get that tanginess and that will have your probiotics in it as well also kombucha which we're going to touch on in a little bit if you like that fizzy slightly sweet beverage i feel like kombucha is kind of polarizing so someone's going to be like Ugh, kombucha when i hear this <laughs> think so? i love kombucha well oh, yeah. i feel like we both love kombucha so yeah but yeah i understand if you feel that way but you know what give it a chance Yeah, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Do like a lightly fermented one or try for a little sweeter one in the beginning. I feel like that is a good like gateway. Matt used to hate kombucha, my husband, but now he loves it. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of everyone's story. Yeah, you like don't like it at all. We used to mix kombucha and vodka back in the day. (laughs) Some of us. We did a lot of that. Some of us still do. Honestly, I can't. It's like too many memories. Okay. So Vanessa, tell us about the gut microbiome. Yeah. So I think this is important to touch on and we'll probably do another episode and talk about it even more. But the microbiome is something that's mentioned all the time. And I think that in the health space, we just assume that everyone knows what that means. And I don't think we should be using these like big jargony words and just assuming everyone knows what they mean. It's definitely a buzzword, I feel like, especially among a lot of people who are really deep in the diet culture and want to demonize something like, oh, if you have one tablespoon of canola oil, your gut's ruined. Or if you have one glass of wine, your alcohol is totally depleted your whole gut health for your whole life. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be necessary to have a whole episode, but please brief us. Yes. So 
in your gut, and when I say your gut, I mean like your GI tract. In your gut, there's all of these organisms. It's this huge ecosystem of microorganisms that play a role in digestion, metabolism, mood, immunity. And these organisms are things like bacteria, protozoa, viruses, parasites in some cases even. And it's really, really important we are supporting and nourishing this ecosystem. Because when we have dysbiosis, another trendy word, or overgrowth, we can feel the wrath of that sort of disruption and the harmony of our ecosystem and our gut. So typically, that's when probiotics come in. We see some kind of issue, we're having gas, bloating, whatever else kind of indigestion, and we think, okay, I need a probiotic, having some big issues. And sometimes that can be the answer, and sometimes that can be harmful. And I think also, too, especially if you're more of a beginner with probiotics, maybe you aren't super familiar, it can be helpful to think about it like antibiotics. We've all been on antibiotics at one time or another. Antibiotics kill all the bacteria in the body. And so probiotics are promoting the growth of good bacteria to keep things nice and balanced. If you're a serial antibiotic user, then you really want to listen to this episode because we can give you some tools to help with that good bacteria regrowth in the form of probiotics. And I think it's really important to note here too, is one of the reasons that we aren't necessarily going to say as a blanket, take a probiotic is because depending on what's going on in the gut, if you have overgrowth, that could actually cause more issues. If you're going into a system that's already overgrown, you're adding more bacteria to it, that might not actually help you. It can really depend, and that's why it's really important to work with a practitioner and maybe get some testing done because, of course, we sometimes think we can take supplements kind of willy-nilly, and that's not always great. Now, if you're already taking a probiotic, it's working really well for you, and you're not having any issues, I don't think you should stop taking it, but it's important to note here that, first of all, if you're just maintenance wise we want you to get your probiotics from food first and we'll talk more about food in a second and second of all just because you can get something over the counter doesn't mean it can't do harm i'm not saying that probiotics are going to cause like these huge issues but if you're already having a lot of gut health issues it's a good idea to talk to someone first it's almost like you know, if you just have kind of a small issue, you feel like you have a stomach bug or it's something that's not like taking over your life, but you feel like, oh, maybe this can help me and you want to try it out. Cool. I feel like for those people, there's not like a huge amount of risk. But if you're like desperate and things are really going south, then it's probably worth it to do a little bit of testing so that you know really what you need and it's less of a shot in the dark. And as you mentioned, Vanessa, with supplements, I mean, supplements are not FDA approved substances and there's not a whole lot of regulations on supplements. So it's important to make sure that you're getting a supplement from a reputable brand, one that's been regulated by some kind of third party to ensure that you're receiving a high quality supplement. I'll give you all some tips if you are dying to take a probiotic or if you're already taking one, kind of some things that you should look for. But let's dive back into the food sources, since that's what we want you to focus on in the first place. So you have your prebiotics or your goals. So garlic, 
onions, asparagus, Jerusalem artichokes, leeks, and shallots. And then, of course, we also have the smoking hot white potatoes, oatmeal, and seaweed. And then you have your fermented probiotic sources, like Emily mentioned, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, yogurt, kombucha. Did you mention me? So we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into kombucha because kombucha is something that's pretty trendy too. Emily and I love it. I think it's awesome, (laughs) but I definitely wouldn't suggest that kombucha be your main source of probiotic. Especially not if you're planning on mixing it with vodka. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're mixing it with vodka... It's over. It's just alcohol. It's game over. (laughs) Right, yeah. But anyway, so if you don't already know what kombucha is, so it's labeled normally as a really healthy drink. It contains probiotics. It's a fermented drink, so it's using tea, sugar, water, bacteria, and yeast. And there's this little, like, alien monster-looking thing in the bottom. It's called the SCOBY. And that eats the sugar and facilitates the fermentation process. Now, like we mentioned, kombucha can be a great source of probiotics, and some people, like us, love it. But it's important to note, too, for some people it can cause, like, some bloating, diarrhea. And there was actually even a really, really small study that showed it was causing brain fog for some people. So that's just kind of a, kind of an interesting note in all of that. I'm not. I've actually seen a lot about how if you really overdo it on kombucha, there can be neurological effects. So just make sure you're not having like seven cups a day. Yeah, it does actually have a a really small amount of alcohol in it that is produced from the fermentation process. So yeah, you can get like kombucha beer, which also I wouldn't count that as your probiotics, but Unity Vibration, that used to be my jam. Yeah, and if you are a consumer of alcohol, I would recommend it. Yeah, it's great. Don't let that scare you away. Like we said, we personally love kombucha. If it works for you, that's great. But there is a couple things that we want you to watch out for because, again, anything trendy like kombucha, there's a ton of different kinds of kombucha on the market. And everyone's like, look at this awesome health drink. I'm getting all my probiotics and I'm guzzling 10 down a day. I don't know if people are drinking 10. That would be crazy. But, you know, people are potentially having it really frequently. Mm -hmm. And it's important to note, so kombucha needs sugar in it. So the sugar is what the bacteria feeds on. And kombucha has a lot of sugar. Some kombucha has a lot of sugar. This is kind of like a yogurt situation. I was literally, (laughs) I was just going to say, like, I can feel myself getting excited because it's just about yogurt. Mm -hmm. Where if you listen to a past episode, I was complaining because... It really is marketed as this super health food and it bothers me because sometimes there's more sugar in them than a candy bar. And that's fine, but I just wish that that was more apparent and that it wasn't like this big campaign for yogurt. I mean, yogurt commercials are like so... Everyone's having such a great time in them. <laughs> like, like the marketing for yogurt's really great and they never talk about the fact that, you know, there's 
25 grams of sugar in this little tiny cup. So it's the same thing with kombucha where sometimes you'll look at it and be like, oh, there's 20 grams of sugar in here. Like that was just not what I was expecting from this beverage. And if that's how you like to drink it, cool. Like we said, if you're a beginner with kombucha, pick a sweet one because that's going to help you develop more of a taste for it if you're looking to add it into your diet. But just be aware. That's all. And like yogurt, not all kombuchas are made the same and not all of them are packed with 20 grams of sugar, just like not all yogurt is packed with 20 grams of sugar. So that's just where you as a consumer, you just want to make sure you're paying attention, look at that label, see what you're getting into. Like Emily said, if you are fine with getting into 20 grams of sugar, that's fine. But we just want you to be aware of that and know it. So you're not unknowingly thinking you're drinking this super healthy drink and actually, you know, taking in quite a bit of sugar. Or the worst part is you're like muscling it down because you feel like it's so good for you. You're just going to like suffer through it like a green juice or something. And in reality, it's got like, you know, a shitload of sugar and that's the main (laughs) ingredient. Yeah. 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 And like we, like I said before, I mean, sugar, kombucha needs sugar to happen. Sugar is always going to be an ingredient but you just want to pay attention to how much. Um, Something else that can be kind of sneaky in kombucha, which might be fine for some people, but if you don't tolerate it well, is caffeine. So most kombuchas will contain at least a little bit of caffeine just because they're made from tea. So just a caution if you're sensitive to that. So if you're having a kombucha at night and then can't fall asleep, maybe it's time to adjust that a little bit and, you know, stick it in earlier in your day or something like that. So as always, we love to leave our listeners with some action items. Number one, we're looking at food first, right? Always. So you could start to implement just one probiotic or prebiotic rich food per day. For example, you could have yogurt at breakfast. You could have a couple spoonfuls of fermented veggies at lunch or like in the middle of the night, like my husband does. He's like raiding the fridge for the sauerkraut. Or you can include some onions and garlic with your dinner. So it doesn't have to be this huge overhaul of your diet, just starting to slowly add in these foods, maybe just making sure that you have some leeks in your fridge for when you want to just add them to a quick meal. You have them nice and easy access. We took a poll from our listeners on Instagram, and one of the common reasonings why people don't take a probiotic supplement is because of expense. So we just want to be really clear that you can get your probiotics through foods. You don't need some fancy supplements to be able to access the health benefits of probiotics as much as some companies might have you believe that. But a lot of us do want to take a supplement and that's also a really good option to receive targeted probiotics as well. Absolutely. So if you are having gut issues like gas, bloating, nausea, whatever it might be, I would suggest before taking a probiotic supplement, getting a test to see if that's what you actually need or if you need some other kind of treatment. But if you are currently taking a probiotic or you're dying to try one right now, I would recommend looking for a probiotic that has multiple strains. You want to look for something that has at least or more than 50 billion CFU. And then whether it is refrigerated or not, I would refrigerate it. So those are kind of my quick tips for a probiotic supplement. But again, like I said, I would recommend getting a test first if you are having specific gut health issues. 
So I obviously work with balancing hormones. So you might be thinking like, why are you talking about the gut so much? If you're someone who's worked with me, you know that I say probably at nauseum that everything is connected. And so I actually do a test in my practice called GI map. So it's a stool sample and the results give us a really good look at what's going on in the gut as far as good bacteria, opportunistic bacteria, viruses, parasites, and any other pathogens that might be in there. So a GI map is a really good idea to get a look at what's going on in the gut and what you might need to specifically supplement if you do it all. We always love to test rather than guess at what your issue could be. So if you're having a problem with your gut or digestion, come see Vanessa. She can do your GI map test and get you feeling a lot better. Absolutely. But for the meantime, make sure you are eating all of those prebiotics and probiotics. And remember the mnemonic device that we taught you, goals. Garlic. Onion, artichokes, leeks, and shallots. Reach your goals. Your digestion will thank you. Bye! Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Wellness Myths. We hope you left with a little bit more knowledge about the benefits of probiotics. Next week, we have a special guest for you who uses a variety of healing modalities in her massage practice. You definitely don't want to miss this one. See you next time. Bye.